are shit machine. Yes, we are all shit machine. Are you okay? <laughs> no. <laughs> Welcome to Coming Out Evil. I'm Harley Honey. And I'm Mick Seduso. Join, Join our descent, descent into villainy. villainy. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back, evildoers. It's time for another episode. Woo! This is part two of Tales of Fat Phobia. We have got our technical issues for the most part resolved. Yes, but... <laughs> we got everything sorted, so it should be okay. Everybody cross your fingers and your toes, but yes, yeah, so we'll be playing the rest of this episode and then adding a little bit towards the end and we'll see you on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> Remember to hit the subscribe button. All right, so now we're going to medical. Medical. Which is almost as scary as the ableism episode, I feel like, because <laughs> So... Yeah, this happened, must have been 2016. One of the first times I tried to get a sleep study. Mm-hmm. And I went to a sleep doctor and they literally told me to just lose weight to stop snoring. Just lose weight. No other ideas. Right. What about in the meantime? Right. And also at this point, I was definitely, like, I'm definitely fatter now than I was then. Mm-hmm. Like, I was much smaller than I am now. Mm. So I'm like, wow, what and also, yeah. the fact that I just got diagnosed with sleep apnea. Like I said, that was 2016. It's now 2023. Seven years. It took from fat phobia to doctors not believing me to being like, whatever. Because of fat phobia. Like, and I just got a CPAP machine. And now I feel much better already. Like, I'm still working on it. But it's just like, damn, how much sooner could that have happened if y'all were? Not fat phobic. Right. So, that was unhinged. But, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry that happened. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> Every time we say that, we're going to burst into laughter. But yeah, I feel like people will talk about like the broken arm fat person syndrome, you know, where you like go into the doctor and you're like, my, do- mm-hmm. my arm's broken. And they're like, oh, have you tried losing weight about it? And I feel like the other end of that is that it literally kept me from getting diagnosed for seven years. Like, that's wild. Seven years is so long. Yeah. And who knows if that was happening symptoms beforehand, too. So it could have been longer. But. I just know that was around 2016, 2015, but yeah. Wow. Doctors are so useless sometimes. Honestly. That's why I'm pro-nurse practitioners. True. <laughs> Unless you specifically require a specialist, a nurse practitioner will make a fine primary care physician. Please consider it. Her. <laughs> okay. Ah, yeah. So speaking of like weight and numbers, I do want to throw on a trigger warning for people if you don't want to hear weight numbers. Mm give you a second to click away if you like but yeah I again like I said I've had a lot of weight fluctuation because I have a lot of issues with disordered eating so my weight goes up and down kind of around how well I'm handling that in a given period of time and mind you I have other medical issues besides that and it's like a whole host of problems I have arthritis I have GI issues I have foot issues and I have random back pain. I have muscle spasms that go unexplained. I have various nerve damage. Like, my body is a train wreck, low-key. Oh, no. <laughs> so the fact that the stark difference that I felt whenever I was over 200 pounds versus whenever I was under 200 pounds versus, like, how I get treated by doctors at those weights is actually so disheartening. And mind you, I'm currently a fat person, so I'm not some thin person on some, like, Oh, I'm thin now and all of my, (laughs) I feel so bad for how fat people are treated now that I'm no longer a fat, like I'm currently a fat person still, okay? And even still the treatment is like tiered Yeah. and it's really shitty, but I feel like I really only got taken seriously about my arthritis and my knee problems after I was like way under 200 pounds because before that doctors just kept being like, well, if you try losing weight, It'll take some stress off your knees, and then that'll make you feel better. Meanwhile, I have literal arthritis. And also, doctors were pointing out that I have conditions that also make me predisposed to arthritis that have nothing to do with my weight. 
I have bone structural issues that make me predisposed to arthritis. And that has nothing to do with how much I weigh. It has nothing to do with I put too much strain on my knees and now it gave me arthritis, which is literally what my very first ortho doctor tried to tell me is that maybe there was just too much stress on my knees because of my weight. And I was like, fine, now what? <laughs> like, Can we what? do something still? Like, Yeah, but she was actually still annoying and just ableist in general. I should have mentioned this person in the ableism episode. Child. Because this doctor basically, I kind of nonchalantly mentioned that I was applying for disability and she got really weird and was like, nobody gets disability for the thing that you have. And it's like, yeah, because you refuse to diagnose me with arthritis. (laughs) I don't, you are the direct cause of this. And also I wasn't even trying to tell you to do anything differently. Like I was just mentioning that I was applying for this. And so I want my records to be really clear about why you're not diagnosing me with arthritis. And the fact that she got so defensive kind of makes me feel like there was no reason. Right. Yeah. And at some point I was even like, do my x-rays look different from someone with arthritis? And she was like, no. And I was like, okay. And then she was like, but you're 24. And I was like, uh. Doctor, I don't know how to break this to you, but bad things happen to young people sometimes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I don't have to tell you this, but sometimes some bodies go through more than others at certain ages. Yeah. And I think it's also interesting how much we're referring to the ableism episode as we talk about the fat phobia episode. Yeah, it's interesting how intertwined yeah. these things are. It makes me think about, too, I remember my mom, because... As I may have mentioned, my mom was a doctor, or at least a resident mm-hmm. to a point. And I remember her talking about, I don't know if it was a patient she had or a professor talking about it or what exactly the context was, but basically she was explaining to me, like, why they'll hold off giving fat people wheelchairs. Oh, why? Well, because they're like, oh, we want to make sure we're encouraging them to lose weight and they don't just, like, cop out or, like, whatever. Cop out? Dead ass. Like, that was... I'm not quoting her exactly. It was so long ago. Mm-hmm. But, like, that was what she was saying was that, like, they want them to try harder first before... By withholding a wheelchair? Yeah, and it's like, I just... It's so hard talking about this because it's like... I think being fat is one of those things where, like, it could be disabling, right? hmm I don't think we go so far as to say every fat person is disabled. Right. But, yeah, like, that was the vibe of, like, like we don't want them to just give up, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, but yeah, so like being fat at a certain point can be disabling. And also there are fat disabled people. Exactly. Maybe they're Hello. Fat, right. <laughs> so it's just like, at what point are you weeding out these fat people who aren't being disabled by their fatness that don't need a wheelchair versus not helping people who are disabled by their fatness or disabled and fat? Yeah. And it's just like, I don't understand what the obsession is with trying to get people to lose weight before helping them. Get them the wheelchair so they can have more accessibility in their day-to-day life. And maybe they could do those things. Yeah. Funnily enough, you can exercise in a wheelchair. What a fucking concept. Yeah. Or even if they're like an ambulatory user, maybe it's dynamic. And they do have days where they can do that, but Mm -hmm. they need periods of rest to be able to do that. Like, what a fucking concept. But yeah, it's just like doctors will really be like, no. Yeah. We will literally punish you because you're not losing weight fast enough. And it's like... Huh? And also, they don't even know what came first. Like, what if the disability is what caused them that to too. restrict the movement in their day-to-day life? Maybe that's the case, and you should handle the disability that caused that. That's a good point, too. And I literally, you were talking about getting treated differently, like, pre-200, over 200. And mm-hmm. I remember, like, the day I got over 200, and I've been there ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only gone up my whole adult life at this point. And you're right, like, it changed drastically. And yeah. it's just, like... I don't know, we'll talk more about it later too, but yeah, and then when people are like, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? I'm like, I'm literally so disabled. I'm so disabled in every single limb. Yeah. (laughs) And also, why are you even assuming that weight loss is something that people want? Not everybody wants to lose weight. Like, it literally, I feel like so many people, weight is really about what they look like and that they want to look thin or whatever, which is just ridiculous. Some of us like how we look. Oh. Like, so sorry that's not you, but I think I'm cute at all sizes. Right. That part. And then honestly, before last year, like, my blood pressure every time going in was perfect. My Mm -hmm. levels were perfect. There was no concerning numbers. I was just fat. And then now, like, I have high blood pressure, which I don't even think is related. I think there's other things that happen, like PTSD. Or maybe even different underlying medical issues, like that you weren't getting enough oxygen at night. That too. But it's just like people like will be so quick to assume you're unhealthy because you're fat and the two are just not correlated. Like, 
Yeah, I am unhealthy because my body's a piece of shit. It's not related. What a concept. <laughs> but yeah, so. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> Thank you. So on that note, though, yeah, like ever since I've gotten over 200, every single doctor's appointment I go to, or at least general appointment, GI, Mm-hmm. So, like, not pain management, not, like, you know, specialty things. But most checkups, most doctor's appointments I go to, every single time, they'll have a conversation about losing weight or give me some worksheet. Every single time. And I won't mention it. I won't say anything about it. This was even before my, like, high blood pressure numbers and stuff. Like, oh, my goodness. And it would be, like, diet things. There is somebody who gave me, like, a 10-day green smoothie. But you literally have GI issues. How is that gonna... A green smoothie? Child, I'm about to get into her later. She deserves her own <laughs> bullet points. But yeah, that's the other thing too. I remember whenever I first got diagnosed with IBS, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, let me see what this FODMAP thing's about. And I lost weight faster than I ever had in my life. I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. So it's just like all these people too, like assuming I'm fat for XYZ. And it's like, y'all never even asked me what else could be going on. Like, yeah, whatever. And it's just like, I, okay. So it's just like it's unhinged like and they'll just give random diet info and not know my body at all and it'll just be like a pre-printed worksheet and it's just like all right without caring about any of your dietary restrictions or the fact that a lot of the ingredients in green smoothie are not incorrect pod maps or Child, sizes we are gonna dig into her i tell you what just, uh, <laughs> yeah so yeah it's just the fact that it's every time too is like unhinged like ugh. i hate the medical system truly is there a term for that is it like a medical industrial complex is that a term that, that sounds exists? right i feel like if it doesn't exist then it should but it probably does yeah i don't think i got that out of the clear blue sky no it definitely sounds like <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah speaking of weight just inappropriately affecting treatment weight checks are not necessary at your appointments child you can refuse the weight check this is a psa if your doctor goes <laughs> we're gonna go take your weight today practice with me okay say no there you go <laughs> okay it's your turn now try it i'm gonna we're gonna role play so can i check your weight today no Good job. <laughs> yes, and just literally just keep saying no. Well, we think it's important because da da da. No. no. Oh, but are you sure you don't want to check today? No. no. Just every time. No, because it's not necessary. Unless you're going for some weight-related reason, <laughs> they don't need to take your weight every time to check your vitals. And they will also try to convince you. They'll be like, but your vitals. And I'll be like, so you want to take my blood pressure? or Because your weight is not a vital sign. Okay. Oop. Yeah, there's that. And also just when I go to the GI doctor, which does feel like a little bit more relevant of a place to get a weight check, and I get my weight checked there, they will also ask me in the screener if I had any unintended weight loss, because that's like a common GI distress question. Like, have Mm -hmm. you had any unintended weight loss? And I said, yes, because I am very much due to my GI issues in part at least. And the nurse double checked with me that I meant to put that answer. Girl. Yeah, like she literally was like, oh, I see for this question you put that the weight loss was unintentional. Are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I was not trying to lose weight. I was not. It just happened. Where's she at? (laughs) Not you taking off the headphones and getting up. (laughs) Because that's so bold. Yeah. Yeah. It was wild. I had never had someone double check my screening questions like that before. But yes, I verified that it was unintentional. And actually that appointment proceeded to go horribly. She, My GI doctor is just not helpful. If you're out there, fuck you. You're a horrible doctor. <laughs> Honestly. Like I only see you for the sake of a paper trail because I'm applying for disability and I need to prove that I'm trying. You are useless. Child. Completely useless. Completely. Honestly, the fact that we didn't talk about our disability applications in the ableism episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, honey. But. It's an ongoing saga, those ugh. applications. I'm tired of this. Yeah, maybe we should do an episode on, like, applying for disability and how that's going. That deserves its own journey. So there was this one doctor. This is the same doctor that gave me one piece of paper questionnaire to try to diagnose me bipolar and give me Vralar the same day. Oh, my God. The first day I met this woman. So my first appointment with her, I was so excited because I was like, oh, I finally have a black woman doctor. Oh, my Mm -hmm. God. It's going to be so good. 
Uh, and she came in and she was kind of thick I was like, all right, cool. Thick <laughs> So then she was like, oh, she asked if I ate a lot of fried foods. I'm like, oh, I'm actually like a vegetarian, like occasionally, but not like, I don't know if she asked more in the question maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. But she asked something along the lines of, do you eat a lot of fried food or like a lot of meat or something? I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm actually a vegetarian. And she's like, oh, you should be a lot skinnier for being a vegetarian. One. She went on then to then be, I was like, I don't know, I drink like sweet tea. And she's like, that's what it is, the sweet tea. Cut out the sweet tea, you'll lose 10 pounds in two weeks. Here's some Vralar. Uh, so she wait, was, was the medication for the bipolar? Yes. What did your weight have to do with any of this? I don't, this was like a first time appointment, like check in with the Are doctor. you a nutritionist? Why are you even talking to Child. me about this? So I was like, no, I'm literally from Kentucky. I'm not stopping drinking sweet tea. That's insane. What are you talking about? So I didn't do that. I didn't lose 10 pounds in two weeks because that would have been insane anyway. I think that it's not unhinged to recommend that someone cut back on sugary drinks, but to claim that that will make them lose 10 pounds in two weeks is setting a really unrealistic expectation. And right. also that's not going to happen. Right. Three. I came back two weeks later, did not lose the 10 pounds. She told me to cut cheese, bread, rice. She told me to cut out like five food groups. Oh, was she trying to get you on a low sugar, low carb diet? I think it was giving that. Yeah. Because she like said it. cheese, bread, rice. Which you literally need to live. Yeah, sugar, cheese, bread, rice. And there was something else too, but she cut out a whole bunch of things. I was like, what am I even supposed to eat? And that's when she gave me the 10 day green smoothie diet. What? I'm so confused. Is this your primary care doctor? Yes. Well, none of this is your business, ma'am. And so I tried that diet for a couple days and I was so stressed by like day three because I was like so like, because I wasn't getting enough calories. I was yeah, eating, you like, were probably starving. Yeah, I was like not okay. And I was like, I'm not fucking doing this anymore. Like I was losing it. So just an overall really horrible experience. But yeah. I'll never forget the, for vegetarian, you should be a lot skinnier. I was like. That's wild. I can't believe someone <laughs> said that to you. <laughs> and the for it to be another black woman. And it's not like she was skinny. Like I'm just like. Yeah. Wait a second, you did mention she was thick. I do think she could shop at like the XL section of Rainbow, right? Like, I think she's right there in the middle. But I was like, you're not. Shut up. Shut what? up. What? Like, were her hips wider than mine? Yes. Girl, be quiet. Because <laughs> <laughs> what? You're thick and you got hips? You're projecting. This is some weird shit. Honestly. And like, what's crazy too is that my mom went to this doctor. That's how I found out about her. And she tried to pull the same Vraylar shit on my mom too. And then we were like changing notes and we're like, oh, it's like, oh, those farm reps are working overtime in her office. Like, Yeah, dang. Yeah. So now do I have bipolar? Yes. But it's like. And your primary care giving you a psychiatric medication? Uh, like being the initial prescriber of it is definitely strange. And literally like one questionnaire with like nine different symptoms for bipolar. Now to be clear too, I did check out all of them, mm -hmm. but she was like, you're like a whistling bipolar. There's no question you need this medication. And she's like, and if you're not careful, you're going to be schizophrenic. Like you're a mental breakdown or two away from being schizophrenic. Wait, that's not how being schizophrenic works. <laughs> ah, hold on. Yeah. Wait, it's not. Okay. I, where do I even start? <laughs> Schizophrenia is not something that you can develop from a different condition or right. from not caring for a different condition. Schizophrenia right. is a condition on its own that you can have that will sometimes just present itself around 24, 25. And that's not something that you can do anything about. If it's right. going to present itself, it's going to present itself. It's not a failing on your part if you discover that you're schizophrenic. Like, what in the world? Also, the, the stigma against people who experience altered states is it needs to get dealt with swiftly. Because I'm tired of this, especially since there's this idea that people who experience psychosis are, you know, taking time bombs. Mm -hmm. It's hurtful. And also that bipolar does have psychotic <laughs> symptoms sometimes. So why didn't she just try to diagnose you with bipolar with psychotic symptoms? Why did she claim you were going to become schizophrenic? That's a whole different thing. That's a whole different thing. Kentucky's... A strange place, man. Like, what? The more I talk about it, the more I'm like, oh, none of this was normal. 
just if you're out there and you've newly discovered your bipolar <laughs> just start getting more sleep okay just start there <laughs> that's literally where you need to start okay i know you're not getting enough sleep just work on getting more sleep first before <laughs> oh my god what a mess and at this point too i think Freylar was like in its first year like it was a Ugh. brand new medication so no it was the most unhinged doctor i've ever had in my life and i've had a wow. lot of doctors yeah like, i was just about to say that is bold to say that means they were wacky yeah like just on so many fronts so many appointments i was like wow this is bonkers wow oh she's also the one who shamed me for how long it's been since i've been to the dentist i was like i'm actually like recovering from an abusive relationship and escaping that so yeah it's been a while she's like oh <laughs> i'm like yeah but wow ah uh, so speaking of diagnosis <laughs> <laughs> these segues are beautiful <laughs> i'll keep my ting brief and it's just that i am diagnosed with atypical anorexia and i think that shit is fat phobic because why isn't Wait. it just anorexia? Yeah, what? I've never heard of atypical anorexia. Yeah, anytime I tell someone about this, they're like, huh? But that's literally what they diagnose people with when they're anorexic, but over like 180. Like if I went to the doctor right now, they'd diagnose me as just anorexic, even though nothing has changed except my weight. It's like, oh, you're being effective at this now. Now we'll give you this diagnosis, which is like... Just to, just to get Congratulations, up. you don't have typical anorexia. <laughs> We're so proud of you. You worked really hard. Uh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do they have stickers for like, I graduated from atypical anorexia? No, <laughs> I feel like on a serious note, the cycle of triggering that happens for someone who struggles with restrictive eating habits is often like something happens, maybe it's stress or maybe they start feeling like body dysmorphic. That's not usually my trigger, but it's a very common one. Normally for me, I just get stressed. Mm. But then there happens like the period of restriction. Maybe there's dramatic weight loss because of that people start noticing and you are sick in the head. So you appreciate the congratulations. And so you continue to restrict and do it more. The whole idea behind treating anorexia is like breaking that cycle off. So you cannot in any way imply congratulations to a patient for a weight loss or even just any weight change. Like it has to be very neutral or you're going to trigger them to continue. Right. Also, even if you express worry, this is why you need to just not comment on people's weight. There's Ooh. nothing you can do. Let them work that shit out by themselves. Ooh. But even if you express worry, that's also going to get read by their sick brain as a congratulations. They're going to hear that and think, mm. oh, I'm doing a good job. Like, I'm doing such a good job. You're worried about me. Like, that is what the anorexic mind is thinking. So stop commenting on the weight of strength. Thanks. <laughs> or, you know what? Even the weight of people you know. Yeah. Because if you don't know their struggles and they haven't consented to a conversation about that, exactly. Don't. Like, if you truly Fucking care about a person and you are concerned that their weight loss is, like, going to be fatal, which, like, is a thing. Yeah. Dramatic weight loss can be fatal, even in fat people. So there's also that. Is you're sitting there not worried about your atypically anorexic friends and they could die. <laughs> So then the thing, too, with the nurse that was like, uh, did you mean to put unintentional weight loss? It's like, if that mm -hmm. could be a, a fatal thing, yeah. you think I fucking joke around about it? Literally. What, wacky. What, 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 what? <laughs> but yes, so atypical anorexia is a diagnosis that exists, and it should not, because it literally violates the idea of treatment for the disorder. I'm so upset knowing that this exists. I'm yeah. like, atypical anorexia. Yeah. Anorexia, but you're bad at it. Like, what is Literally, like? that is basically <laughs> what it gives. I wonder if I can find... Hold on. I have the DSM in my phone. Let me pause this. So, after the comorbidity section of anorexia in the DSM, there are other specified feeding and eating disorders, one of which is atypical anorexia nervosa, which means all of the criteria for anorexia nervosa are met, except that despite significant weight loss, the individual's weight is within or above the normal range. Yeah. What? <sighs> yeah. Oh my god! Also, a purging disorder is not... It's also just under this other specified eating disorder thing. Mm -hmm. Like, the way they've organized the section is bad. 
was just bad. Oh my god. And mind you, it's like, I don't know, 10 pages long, this section, and the section on these other specified eating disorders is half a page. Yeah. They just didn't want to admit fat people could be anorexic. (laughs) They they didn't want to admit it so hard. Oh my god. This is gonna keep me up at night. Yeah. Like... (laughs) Fun stuff. There's like also bulimia nervosa, which is of low frequency or limited duration. Binge eating disorder of low frequency or limited duration. Like these are all things that they're like, yeah, this goes in the DSM, but we're going to completely separate you from these other diagnoses because we just think yours is not serious enough. Right. And fat people are normally who get these alternative diagnoses, you know? I literally didn't even realize that binge eating was an eating disorder until I was an adult. I was like, oh, I should address that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and it sucks because the awareness of it is so low and there's already so much stigma attached to fat people and feeling like, or and people assuming that they're fat because they eat a bunch of food or because they eat a bunch of fried food or whatever. And it's like, what if this person is struggling with some kind of disorder? Yeah. You don't know what's behind this, even if that was the reason. And I, yeah, and it's like, I do feel like it set off this cycle of like, it's like, oh, I'm binge eating. Oh, no, I need to restrict a lot. And it's like, yeah, and that's exactly what binge eating disorder is, is. You binge and then you're like, oh, no, overwhelmed with guilt. So you restrict and then you create a cycle in doing that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so because that's why. So then it's like, so skinny people who binge eat, is that called atypical binging? I don't think so. Right. <laughs> oh, there's also something called night eating syndrome in here. Recurrent episodes of night eating is manifested by eating after awaking from sleep or by excessive food consumption after the evening meal. There's awareness and recall of the eating. Oh, there's also that is that some of these specify whether or not you remember the... I don't think we need to have all of these separated. I just don't. Yeah. I think that a lot of the... Th- reasons and rationales and cycles behind all these different disorders is the same like a lack of control trying to take control and then like it being reinforced by something maladaptive so it's mm, i've never noticed this night eating syndrome down here it's the pathologizing a little midnight snack for me but no well, I'm, <laughs> I'm suspicious <laughs> are you okay <laughs> No, I don't know if he's on my log. I ate something at 3.49 last night. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, but I think sometimes I attribute that to just your sleep schedule. But I guess, I mean, hold on. Let's let's pause. Anyway, (laughs) not so used to getting diagnosed mid-episode. Are you okay? (laughs) No. (laughs) It's fine. So, yeah. Wow, learned a lot today. Support this passion project by becoming a member of our Patreon. Alright, so we're on to our last section. Interpersonal. Interpersonal. Another MVP, our parents. <laughs> I'm sure we'll be entering the ring. Yes. Just mom versus coach. <laughs> <laughs> mom definitely wins easy. Fair. So, <laughs> I was couch surfing. And I was actually switching from one house to another because my friends were like, you gotta go. There's just too many people in the house. Mm-hmm. So it was a very stressful time. It was also March... So about a month before finals. Oh. And I'm also couch surfing and moving. And the person I was supposed to move to their house hadn't responded in 10 hours. Oh. Because their boyfriend came into town and they're like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with him and then I'll get the room ready for you. And my friend's asking for their key back at the same time. I'm sitting by the... Oh, gosh. A very stressful day. During all this, this man on Tinder is sending me dick pics, trying to start sexting. I'm like, hey, like, I'm actually, like, really stressed out today. Mm -hmm. Like... I have all this stuff happening. So there I am, stressed out. This dude is sending unsolicited dick pics, and I'm trying to tell him, like, hey, I'm just like, I wasn't even snappy with him. I was just like, hey, like, this just isn't a good time for me. And he proceeds to call me a fat homeless bitch. Oh, my God. Which is so fucked on so many levels. One, to use that as an insult is crazy. Two, I was literally couch surfing from a praxis level. I'm not going to call myself homeless. Like, I'm not going to take up space. Mm -hmm. Like in that way because that's a different end of the spectrum but like it was just like really because i told you i'm that capacity for your unsolicited dick pic right now like the entitlement is wild right and like dick pics at this point are illegal in some states too so it's just like i could have done much worse like (laughs) but that's just unreal and the throw fat into it too like it was just like you were already attracted to me clearly right attracted enough to send genitals to like try to entice me like 
And now you want to call me fat. Okay. All I right. hate when, like, little slutty men think that they're better just right. because they're red. You're still just a little slut, okay? You're, You're a little, little slut. slut. You're so <laughs> easy, little slut. But <laughs> dead ass. I was just like, wow. Honestly. It's so wild, too, because, like, being queer, too, like, I think men will be like, oh, you can't find a man. I was like, give me ten minutes and a phone. Right? Ten minutes and a phone is How all I need. How hard do you think it is? It's not. Like, the easiest people on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Unhinged, so. Yes. All right. Yeah, so I've had many, many well-meaning partners notice how much my weight fluctuates and try to point it out. Um. <laughs> but instead, it's just triggering. Because people go about it a variety of ways, right? Like, some people have tried to be like, hey, I, like, notice that you're losing a lot of weight, like... I'm worried about you, to which my sick brain was just like, ah, yes, it's working. Right. <laughs> so that's an ideal. Don't tell your loved ones that. And also I've had partners be like, I'm noticing that you're gaining weight. What's up with that? Which just triggered me because I'd be like, oh, I'm doing something wrong. Let me fix that immediately. Which just like, yeah, because my issues are really a lot of restriction and be strict for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's because someone literally told me something doesn't look right. And it's like, wild because independently, I don't feel that way. Like if I sit and I think about myself and my own body, like just myself, like I don't mind. I like myself at every size. So I think I get really triggered when I'm like getting information from others that's disagreeing. Like it makes me very hyper aware of that it doesn't matter how I feel about myself, other people are perceiving me too. Yeah. Which is annoying because I don't like that. <laughs> I do not want to be perceived. <laughs> <laughs> That's so real though. Oh my and you're right, like no matter how like gently they try to do it, like it's still like just inherently I feel like a triggering yeah. observation to bring yeah. up. Like I don't know if there is a good way to do that. Or Something you have to check in with before. Be like, hey, do you want me to point out these things to you? Or do you want that to be between you and your doctor? Like, Yeah, I just think that as difficult as it is, it's a very private weight and whether it's changing. Yeah, as difficult as it can be when you worry someone's weight is just really private to them. There's also that people restrict for a lot of reasons. Sometimes I'm restricting just because I don't have access to very much food. A lot of the times the solution to that is just an offering food. <laughs> like, you don't need to tell them why or make a big thing out of it like so consider that but also remember be aware <laughs> of their dietary restrictions don't offer them something they can't eat right <laughs> definitely check out with that definitely like it is a conversation that like requires like hey what's the language around this you want what are the check-ins you want mm -hmm. right like if you are going to be a part of that mm -hmm. i'm so sorry that happened with partners though because <laughs> that's really hard Okay, there's a whole lot I can say about my mom. There was one time in adulthood where my younger brother, who's always been much smaller. I don't think he's ever been plus size enough. He's always been straight size. And I think the only straight size person in our family, actually. And so he said something along the lines of like, oh, I'm so fat. And I was like, hey, no. Like, if you're <laughs> fat, what does that make me? Like, you know, like saying that around me is kind of wild. Yeah. And then my mom was like, um, when did we start censoring each other? What? Yeah. And I was like, you know, also, didn't your mom censor all the time? That. I feel like even from the outside, I'm like, wait a second. Right. And also, that's not censoring. It was, I think, like, I wish I had the word back then, but it was like, can we center the most marginalized in the room? Yeah. Being my fat ass. Like, also, just like boundaries. But yeah, I think that there's nothing wrong with boundary setting. If you're allowed to say, no, I can't, you realize that, right? Like if someone says, I need X, Y, Z, you can say, I'm sorry, I can't provide X, Y, Z. What do you want to do? Right. Like that's a valid option, but people think that like boundaries are orders. Yeah. But that's not what they are. They are very important requests. Right. Which you can deny. And then there will of course be consequences which is what the boundary is trying to let you know. Yeah. And it's like, I just, I get so triggered by that shit. So like, he was talking about that, and I think he may be gay. It was like something of like a five pound margin. Like it was, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and it was just like, wow. Like, I was trying to convey that I was hurt. Like, I was yeah. just like, that's, what are you thinking when you look at my body? Like, what yeah. the hell? 
Right, and it's like I have similar issues with like people I've had friends on Facebook where like I'll enjoy their company, I'll enjoy their posts, but they'll be some straight sized person and they'll call themselves thick or they'll talk about how they're struggling with their body image or whatever. I'm like, you know what? I gotta go because I'm a, I clear a hundred pounds over you easily, and like I'm just not trying to think about if you're struggling with your body images. Like, yeah, what are you thinking when you're looking at me? Like, I'm not in the mood for it. And that's so valid. People will start to say, oh, I mean, I think that about myself, but not necessarily other people, and that's simply not. Yep. Like all the things that you internalize about yourself are things that you're thinking about other people, and you feel guilty about that. It's causing cognitive dissonance because you know that it's not correct. Right. But it is how you feel. Work through that. Exactly. So it's just like, yeah, like, I don't know, just, it's the whole, like, ring theory, right? Like, if somebody's in the center of oppression that you're talking about and you're talking to them, go to them to support them and go to support on your outer rings or people not affected by this issue. Like, (laughs) don't be talking to your fat friends about how you feel fat even though you're a whole straight-sized person. You know, like, I just, (laughs) like, really watch who you're centering in these conversations. Like, yeah, this is about your issues, but who are you harming in talking about your body this way? And fat isn't a feeling anyway. It is a state of being. You don't feel fat. You feel disgusted with yourself. You feel undesirable, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, you feel, I don't know, anxious? You feel somatic sensations? Mm-hmm. These are all, like, really difficult and valid feelings. Like, that's why I feel like people get so in a tizzy when you're, like, fat isn't a feeling, like, don't call yourself fat, because they'll be, like, experiencing these real and intense feelings. Yeah. And you're doing yourself a disservice by trying to describe that as feeling fat. That's not what you're feeling. Yeah. You're feeling all sorts of things that you should work on and you need to identify them exactly i feel like i just need to insert gospel chords all through that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah exactly that thanks for coming to our ted talk <laughs> it's like what's crazy is we have the most compassion because yeah. we went through what you went through and now we're dealing with it at a larger scale like mm-hmm. but also i'm telling you to your potential future self if you also get to this point like mm-hmm. stop talking like that now because when you think back and you're like, oh, my body used to be so small when I was talking about it like this, like... Exactly. Like, I... That's <laughs> always a wild feeling when you see, like, a picture of yourself from the past and you're like, whoa, I was that pressed over nothing. <laughs> Literally. That's... Oh, that's something I'm gonna get into, but yeah. I also have lots of mom stuff. <laughs> I have this broken up in three categories. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but the first thing is, like, shopping and shopping with my mom. Ooh, child. That shit made shopping so traumatic. Like, I had to work through that in adulthood, the trauma of being in a store and having my mom be upset about things not fitting me. When, as an adult, I look back and I'm like, why didn't you just grab the correct size off the rack in the first place? You know? Like, you're dragging me into these dressing rooms, you're putting me in clothes that don't fit, you're beating me in the dressing room because the clothing doesn't fit, And you're stressed because maybe people can hear. Like, this woman (laughs) was unhinged. (laughs) She was not okay. (laughs) If one plus one equals two, I just... What? Literally. But, yeah, she would do that constantly. It was a horrible cycle. And it got even worse right before school started because I went to a school with uniforms most of the time I was in school. Every year, I also had to go in addition to getting just like regular clothes for the year, like to the uniform shop that had the like official branded things that we were allowed to wear at my schools. And we had to know the size because the like try on process, you had to go up to a counter and ask someone for the size, then you could try it on. And it all felt very public to me. Like I found it so stressful because I had to try on such a variety of sizes and cuts and whatnot. And she would be so irritated the entire time and sometimes she would even say like oh i'm the reason that you're shaped so awkward like this is my fault i don't know why i did this did this being giving birth to me ma'am like if you were this concerned about passing on your body type like yeah why did you have kids what (laughs) so that you could make me feel weird about mine oh my god yeah 
and we had a lot of like public spats at these <laughs> uniform shops like a lot of cashiers and v-shops checked in with me to ask if i was okay i just if i was an adult seeing this like i it feels like they were almost asking if you were okay to soothe their own like they were wanting you yeah. to soothe them like it's just like clearly this child's not okay and you need to cuss this adult out and shop with the child instead and kick the adult out and be like go wait in the car i'm gonna shop with your kid like yeah. it's so difficult because i literally have been listening to a panel by project let's and someone brought something up that I really didn't think about this way and it's going to make me rethink like risk assessment and the concept because she was explaining that risk assessment is more for the person doing the assessment like at the end of the day because they want to soothe themselves and verify that you're not going to go do anything like it's about you like so many intervention paradigms are about the person intervening and making the person feel okay and like they've done everything they can and not centered around the person who needs the intervention if they so desire. Yeah. 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 That's so fucking true. Even the fact that, like, people feel like they have to lie. Or, like, they're like, how do I be honest with my therapist but not too honest? Like, mm-hmm. just all these systems in place where people can't talk openly about, like, what's going on or what they're feeling. It's yeah. like, you're right. Like, it's just not centered on the harmed at all. Like, it's a lot to sorry about the tangent no i'm so here for it like need to talk about that shit my god oh there's also that she kept attributing me needing bigger clothes every year to be getting fatter but also i was a growing child dead ass i was gonna grow every year how do you think this works (laughs) ma'am yeah I wonder if that's why we're short, because our moms got so mad about us growing that our bodies were just like, well, we're just going to check out at 5'2 and <laughs> call it a day, because we're tired of getting home fat every year. Like, us oh being short God. is a trauma response. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> you know something that is sad, though, is that I actually do have a foot disability because my mother... That's true. I do. So I had to keep cramming. In addition to, like, already genetic, like, I was born with it stuff really nerfed my legs and feet there <laughs> ricky when i catch you ricky like oh god almighty just this woman better hope i never see her in person because i just i'm over it <laughs> over it it's on site it really fucking is if you ever run up on someone i'll know it's either that one was it a teacher you told me about oh <laughs> uh, easily yeah there's just so many I'll people know, at this it was point either that one teacher or my mom somehow <laughs> Oh, I do have one more story before I get to my mom, but it's the one with my great-grandma, I think I've told you. Oh. Where, so of course, like, Thanksgiving, we go to the family's house, and then all the, like, women go to the kitchen to help out, whatever, so all the women of the family are in the kitchen. At this point, I'm probably, like, 16 or 17. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing a little kitten heel, I'm wearing a little, I thought I'd dress up. And so my great-grandma, who's, like, 80-something at this point, and dementia is happening and stuff she's looking at me she's like wow you're really catching up to your mom there and i'm like oh i'm like just wearing heels you know and then she pats my ass and she said i meant back here oh i was like sexual harassment you know and it's wild because i think that same day my mom was telling me about how like whenever i was like two or like still in diapers or whatever and the family saw me like dancing like toddlers do or whatever like Mm -hmm. they would ask if my diaper was full and like just saying how i always had an ass oh yeah and i was like Okay. Why are y'all kind of weird? Yeah, you know, just Kentucky things, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> just not the living up to a stereotype. You know, it's just not cute. And like, it's so wild because you know, telling that story growing up, like I thought it was kind of funny. My great grandma did that, so I'm like, that's so out of pocket. What the fuck? But you like, you're right. Like she literally touched my ass. I'm like, yeah. What was that? Like, <laughs> just. What was Without that? asking yeah. why. Like, and I know that I'm weird about intimacy amongst family members because of my own childhood experiences and, like, also having unloving family. Right. But I think that's just strange. Audience, let us know. That'll be our poll question. Then <laughs> <laughs> seduce a face sexual harassment from their great grandma and turn the poll on Spotify. Like, help. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just uh, unhinged. 
It makes me think of, you know what, I wonder if stuff like that is why, like, whenever I'm watching Say Yes to the Dress, and the mom and family are like, I want something that shows off her figure better. I'm like, ugh. Like, is it yeah. just, ugh. Why are you looking at your child's body like that? Ugh. Like, I think because, I think that white women live very much vicariously through their daughters. So mm-hmm. I think that when they say that, they're thinking, like, I would want to show skin, and you're it's a true. proxy of me, so. That's true. Yeah. But it's so weird. And it's like, you're saying this on TV. Like, yeah. you're going to go back and watch this and be like, oh. <laughs> And especially when dads say that shit about their daughters, I'm like, ooh, ooh, Yeah, ah. big ew. <laughs> because why is there so much stepdaughter porn? Mm. Like, why is there a demand for that? Mm. I don't see nearly as much stepson porn. I'm just... Not nearly as I'm much. just saying, like, I will come across stepdaughter porn actively trying to avoid it. Right. Like, I've never accidentally happened upon some stepson porn. Like, <laughs> that don't happen. No, that was all on purpose, right? No. <laughs> no! <laughs> I mean, I've never happened upon it. <laughs> Listeners, sorry, look at up stepson porn and the pull on Spotify. What's all going to be at this point? <laughs> it's your turn. Your oh, gosh. Okay. Yes, so back to my mother. (laughs) Next thing is, like, food stuff with her, just eating habits in general. Like, I was at some point literally hiding food. She thought that was going to help me wait. Ma'am. And, like, I was definitely already under eating. So it was probably that that was making my metabolism so wonky is because I was not eating so often at a young age. And a lot of this was due to periods of just being really impoverished. Like when we were sleeping in the car, we weren't like we weren't eating very properly at all. And so I think that different periods like that where just food was really hard made it like a strong association. It made me have a lot of anxiety around food as it was. And so I was already not eating very much so as to conserve food because I didn't want to be, like, a financial burden. And so then, in addition to that, she would, like, not let me have snacks and stuff and be, like, counting cookies and stuff. And I remember this one night, I was so hungry, I just caved. I ate, like, five Oreos. Which, as an adult, I'm like, that's not that wild. No. But at the time, it was, like, so scary to do because I was only allowed to have, like, one a day. Yeah, and I was like a teenager at this point. It's not even like I was a small child, oh, so that was no. an appropriate serving size. Like I could have had more than one Oreo. A serving size is literally three. Like Yeah. Also if you're worried about me having snacks that aren't good for me, then like keep better snacks in the house. You know? Like, buy other stuff anyway (laughs) but yeah so i ate like five oreos because i was just super hungry and then the next morning she called me into the kitchen she was like where are the oreos there are more oreos and she's really pissed off and like i know her energy was just so like dark it was like way too intense for five oreos she was certainly an alcoholic that whole time (laughs) yeah and i remember her telling me very vividly she was like you are so selfish, you eat all this food only to shit it out later. And, like, I feel like that still plays in my head sometimes whenever I'm, like, eating something I enjoy. I'm like, how dare I? Because she, like, said this to me at such a formative age. Like, my brain just held onto it real hard. What? I'm like, what do you do with the food, babe? Are you just storing it? Like, you're... I think that she was, like trying to be like food doesn't matter because it's just all gonna turn to shit i think that's what she was trying to communicate and so for the longest time after that i like didn't eat things that tasted too good because i thought it'd be a waste because it would become wow it was just very confusing jesus christ (laughs) uh what ma'am like what do you think you're doing with the food you two are a shit machine. Yes, we are all shit machines. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like that's what it—that's what it do. Yeah, it took a while to accept that, like it's okay to enjoy the food even if it all goes the same place. But it, yeah, it's also like it's not just like we eat it and it immediately becomes shit like a Play-Doh machine. Like it becomes energy and the shit is the excess remains. Yeah. Like it's, tell me you don't understand science without telling me you don't understand <laughs> science at all. Like. We're not Play-Doh machines. 
well, tell my mom that. I will. <laughs> while I'm beating the shit out of her. Like. <laughs> yeah, she also would literally tell me that she thought it was the devil that made me want to eat so much. Oh my fucking God. And like, just in retrospect, I was not overeating. Like, I would be eating a regular amount of food and she'd be like, horrified. The only time I was allowed to have like a regular size Thanksgiving and stuff, I think because we were in front of other people and it would probably look so strange yeah. to not give me a regular serving size. Yeah. But I didn't know at the time. Like I just thought, oh, this is when I'm allowed. That's just no words at a point. Because it's just like, yeah. I feel like that's going to haunt me forever now too. Like you ungrateful child, you're just going to shit this food out later. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> like that. I know we talk about, like, abusers all using the same playbook, but she wrote the playbook. Like, that's a new one. Like, she made the deluxe edition with additional chapters. Like, because what the hell? She is particularly horrible. Like, I do feel like I've never really heard about a parent that pops my mom. Just unhinged. I feel like I'm so sorry that happened doesn't even cover it. Like, I just, like, I'm so sorry she's alive. Like, I I don't know. Uh, I'm so sorry she survived your childhood. (laughs) Oh my god. Wow. My mom was not saying anything like that, but she was also a Gen X cancer mom, who I guess is just like this demographic. So I also have some footnotes on my mom and just categories. So like, I do remember like when we would go shopping or like talking about clothing and stuff. There was one time we were at a mall and she had me like try on a ring sizer thing. I remember why. And I was nine at the time, and I remember that, because I'm like, oh, I'm a size nine, just like my age. And so then she was like, oh, you should not be a size nine at that age. Like, Um, I was like, relax. Okay. And being fat phobic about my fingers. Like, (laughs) you know what? It never was that serious. Right. (laughs) It was never that serious. And, like, to this day, my ring size is a size nine. Like, I think that's just my finger size. Yeah. What? No, Matt, and, like, I've gained hella weight since the age of nine. It's been almost 20 years. So, like, (laughs) my ring size has stayed the same. What a fucking concept. But, (laughs) and then there's also this time my grandma got me this, like, camo outfit. I was super excited. I used to love camo. She got me this outfit, and it was so cool, and it was, like, kind of oversized. I was really into it. But my mom was like, don't get too comfortable in that. What? Because it was, like, a size 16, I think. Oh, my God. And, like, it was, like, I... For one, it's a little big on me, you can see. For two, like, I chill. Like, it's, yeah. it's a, well, I thought, isn't that a trope for, like, if you get new clothes for kids to get it bigger so they yeah. have room to grow into it? Like, is that not yeah. a common tactic? Like, I'm a little. Honestly, I feel like that is a good strategy. But it sounds like neither of our parents employed. They're just, they're stupid. Because it's like. <laughs> Mm. Buying oversized clothes for kids, like, one, that's, like, a look now, and two, like, it makes sense, like, logistically, yeah, but... it does. <laughs> that's literally why they never bought me ice skates growing up, because they're like, oh, well, your feet are gonna keep growing, so, like, we're not gonna buy you any until you're done growing. And then they never did buy me... You know what I bought my own ice skates? Don't they just stop growing? Were they just passing the buck? <laughs> well, yeah, so, like, I, I think this was, like, when I was five, and I was, like, competing at... Oh. Yeah, I got a medal and everything. Like, I was really into it. They didn't want to invest in that. Oh, and then with the arm thing, too, they made me stop by. I said, wait a minute. You're out of town. I'm, like, realizing, like, wow, they really nerfed that. Like, that could have been a whole thing. (laughs) We'll never know that. You know, but, yeah, so. Well, it's, you know. (laughs) You got any other tales from the crypt? (laughs) So instilled a low self-esteem because of my weight and was very fat phobic to herself this is like an example of that is that she was always talking shit about herself and it didn't stop she also would be like looking at my body in like a weird way of course but also like some of the commentary she make about it was jealousy and expressing jealousy like at my child's body being like oh you're so small or like your stomach is so flat like it was all very weird or she'd like comment on like how my boobs were heavy looking it was very it was very weird and i remember one time she told me that they made me look like i was fat and like i don't think i was at the time so it was just weird oh my god it was just strange and her weight also fluctuated like a great deal for her like definitely like 
based on life events, like she would just be less under stress. So if someone died or anything, she'd like lose a lot of weight all of a sudden. And she would model being like very proud of herself when that happened, which definitely helped to brew just my weird like maladaptive thought patterns. He would like have people really worried about her. Like I remember one time my grandma Gail like came to me and was like, what's up with your mom? Like, is she eating? Because we had just gone to see her. So like she called me right after a visit and was like, cause I just saw her and that did not look right. And I like as a child needing to feel this worry from my grandmother was just wacky. Yeah, all no, in that's... all, my mom was very fat phobic to herself. Yeah, that's so much. And you're right, that is like very much a trend of like not just policing the kid's body, but also like making comments on yourself or photos or like. Mm-hmm. I know my mom would like just strangers on their porch would say shit, you know? So it's yeah. just like the constant policing where it's like anybody could catch a stray. Like, yeah. But then especially herself too. So she's like, oh, I'm going to tell you how you should behave with your own body, and I'm also going to show you how you should feel about yourself, like, mm-hmm. through me, like, yeah, just from every direction, like, my God, just... Because even though I wasn't her size then, like, I eventually became her size, so I don't know what she was, th- where she thought that was going to go. Right. And it's just, like, the way people don't think about this, like, around their kids, like, I can't imagine, like, talking shit about my body in front of, like, a child of mine. Yeah, knowing that they're gonna get at least some traits from me, like, you know, I just, Yeah, absorption, too, also, that we both did an absorption (laughs) rejection exercise about, like, things we absorb from caregivers and stuff versus rejected. I definitely was very 50-50, like, I absorbed, like, half of the negative traits I associate. A lot of it is, like, this concern over just aesthetics, Mm -hmm. like, shallow. I think that is... Okay, gotcha. So, yeah, I think from here, it's just the rest of my fatphobic mom stories. So, like, on that note, like, I do remember, like, my mom talking about specifically she was at a wedding and, like, looking at a picture of herself, and she's like, oh my god, my arms are so wide. Like, I never want to look at myself and feel this way again. And that, like, kick-started her weight loss journey. And now, like, I do feel like I have a weird thing about my arms. Like, I'm like... My arms do splay out like in a similar way to hers and like it just it sucks because i'm yeah. like eh. you know it's a very much an uphill battle with that and like she didn't even talk about like the bodily sensations of like going to sleep she'd like put her hands between her knees and she's like i can feel my stomach on my arms and it's so uncomfortable I'm, oh like, my god yeah it's just like okay thanks for giving me very specific somatic experiences to watch out for the one inch pinch is a classic um mm. you know stuff like that so like yeah a lot of the self-esteem stuff for sure and then also, like, as far as weight loss and diet and stuff, like, I remember there's, like, a sound clip from her that plays in my head constantly, I feel like. Like, if I go to make more food or if I'm, like, still hungry, it's just, like, anytime I would go to have seconds of something, she'd just be like, oh, and, like, sounds so disappointed, like, saying my name or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was just, like, I, I wasn't... And, like, looking back, it's been really wild, like, looking back. I think it was, like, we were talking about how we'd go to Goodwill to find prom just for tea parties. And we were like, oh, were you plus size then? I was like, I'm, I must not have been. Like, yeah. And, like, realizing I was, like, a size 8, 10, and she's doing all these things. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, I'm just like, girl, what? Like, yeah. And so then, like, there was also every prom season, because I started going to prom, like, my sophomore year because the junior invited me. But every prom season, she would get me to do something called the Daniels diet. I ask cautiously. Only fruits and vegetables. Strictly um, fruits and vegetables for like a month. Protein where? Nowhere. Just fruits and vegetables and water. Were your muscles okay? I mean, my leg muscles clearly aren't, and I can't turn my wrist, so. Well, you know? I doubt like, that helps the situation. Right. So, like, and it, like, this would be like something that happened every prom season, and I don't even know why, because, like, I was already like a slim teen. Like, I don't understand. Like,. Yeah, and, like, we would already have bought the dress and it, like, fit, so, like, I don't understand, like, what the deal was. Yeah, it's just, it was, like, just so aggressive, and I'm like, what was the point of any of that? Passing the wounds down. Honestly. Like, that definitely feels like projection. Right. And it's, like, it's wild, too, because then, like, later on in adulthood, she did end up losing a lot of weight, and I remember her texting the family chat, and my entire family, besides my brother, is, like, plus size. 
So like, and also with her being a doctor, a lot of people looked up to her for advice and opinions and stuff. So she texted this group chat talking about her weight loss and being so proud of it. And like all these plus size people were like, okay, like, just like, <laughs> shut up. Like, just, like, what do you want us to say? Literally, it was just so weird. I was like, wow, you are so like negligent to the tone you were setting in this group chat. Like, could you fucking yeah. chill? But yeah, it was definitely Also like, weird. was she not plus sized anymore? I think she may have become straight size actually she did lose a lot of weight i feel like that is the most annoying very like, people who lose weight on purpose and become straight size right like without fail they are irritating as hell and fat phobic as hell because you are so scared of being fat you actually undid that shit like i actually my friend that i had that big falling out with back in high school when we were friends he actually went from plus size to straight size and with that, he, like, stopped taking out with us. He got really popular all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. A lot of people wanted to hang out with him. And I, like, called him on it. I was like, hey, like, something's, like, changed. I don't know if it's specifically because he lost weight or, like, what. But, like, there's something happening here that I'm not vibing with. And he got very mad at me about confronting him for that. We eventually made up, but, like, trying to call him on that same exact annoyingness of, How like... How you make up? I don't remember. I was so young at that point i think just by the next day he came around and apologized i think he just also had bpd and like i think our bpd would just clash sometimes so generally when we would fall out we would be able to make up but this last time we weren't able to or at least i didn't reach out anymore to try to make up because i think that wasn't it yeah it is really wild like people who do that i think feel very superior and then can't figure out why other people don't just lose the weight yeah and it's like you know like with the heart doctor i just saw for example like all the feelings I had because I was like you have no idea like how hard I've tried and it not happened mm-hmm. and then blaming myself and then changing something like related to IBS and suddenly it happened and I'm like oh like what the hell like you know <laughs> just like there's so many inner machinations of the body that we don't even understand fully like could yeah. y'all chill like it's <laughs> also that people try to give like weight loss advice or but it's just everybody's body is so different you can't account for all of the variation exists at all like there's no way that you barely knowing this person's inner mechanisms and what they've got going on could advise someone on doing that and like this is aside from me thinking that intentional weight loss is weird praxis most of the time true like unless you have like a medical concern that you're trying to address like just aesthetically inclined intentional weight loss like unpack why you're doing that literally and that's even the thing with like the high blood pressure because it's like i've been over 200 pounds for many years at this point but i've never struggled with high blood pressure so i don't think it's weight related but they're just like yep i had an exercise i'm like all right like i just (laughs) i think there's something else going on here but sure like yeah did they say that the diet and exercise was for weight yes they wanted me to lose weight specifically and like that's why they were recommending the ozempic to help me lose weight that's also something that i don't understand because i feel like medical professionals see the correlation between weight loss and like other medical conditions and are like ah yes so losing weight helps this thing but like often it is the lifestyle changes you made that helped with the thing so I do think that it makes sense to me, like physiological sense that exercise would have blood pressure just because of how blood moves through the body and circulates through the body. Yeah. But like doctors won't say that. They won't say like, just move a little more, like get your blood moving a little more, more often. So it gets used to it. Like they won't say that. They'll say, go exercise to lose weight. Right. And so then this patient <laughs> is like exercising, probably doing exercise they don't enjoy for the sake of weight loss they're seeing that they're not losing weight and becoming stressed when that shouldn't even really be their goal like it's just the way that we make movement so terrifying to people by making the stakes so high right gets on my nerves and also i can't imagine if i didn't have such a lovely knowledgeable partner like to counteract the doctor saying you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it's like i know there are people out there hearing doctors like that and not having somebody like you in their corner to be like hey he's on some bullshit here's some actual things you can do right so it's just it's rough out here yeah. very appreciative but a lot well that's another tale of <laughs> <laughs> fat phobia so sorry that all happened to you i'm sorry that all happened to me yeah just sorry in general i'm sorry you all had to hear all that We're but sorry. gratefully you all listened <laughs> but 
Oh, let's not steal Trophy's end card because oh. they go, I'm sorry. We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Trophy. We love you. Um, maybe we'll have you on the podcast one day. But <laughs> That'd be a real goal. Oh my God. Oh my God. That'd be so funny. <laughs> yeah. So I think next week we're going to do an instant premiere. Yes. We are going to be uploading this on YouTube. At 11.59 a.m. on Saturday, October 21st. 21st. So just be on YouTube and you'll be able to listen to the episode. And we'll also be there in the chat. Also listen. Yay! Very exciting. And you also have an upcoming class. Yes, I am teaching a workshop us for another episode think you can handle more find us on twitter instagram and facebook at coming out evil our website also has merch sources and our original villainy workbook available to download check it out at allmylinks.com slash coming out evil you can support our evil doing on patreon where patrons get exclusive access to bloopers extended cuts live streams and so much more you can also tip us on Cash App at Yeehaw Howdy and Mix Sedusa. Stay evil and, and we'll, we'll see you next time. What do you think of this episode? Leave a review.